Welcome to the Growing Empowered Podcast. I'm your host, Ahuva Hirschkop, mother of three, registered dietitian, and permission coach for high-achieving women. I work with women all over the world who want to feel as successful as the world sees them by creating the permission they never needed in the first place to be who they truly are and always have been and change the world in the process. Each week, I'll be sharing personal insights, amazing interviews, and new perspectives, all with the goal of supporting you in understanding the life you want to live and exactly how to get there, no matter how many items currently on your to-do list. If you're ready, then let's dive in. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Growing Empowered podcast. This week, I am joined by Kathy Stoll, a business coach for mom coaches. She helps her clients get clarity on their niche, messaging, and coaching offers so they can implement simple organic marketing strategies and plans that will attract their dream clients with ease, self-confidence, and loads of downtime to connect with their loved ones and themselves. Kathy lives in a cozy mountain town of Nelson, British Columbia with her two mountain lo- with her mountain loving men, their two teenagers and two mini dashams. She's obsessed with pickleball, triple shot lattes and getting the words wordle in less than 4 tries. Okay, that's probably your biggest feat. Cuz sometimes the <laughs> wordles are not easy. Oh my gosh, it's my obsession. I'm not tired of it yet. I do at least once a day. I know. You? I love the challenge. Yeah, yeah. Did it and then I lost interest. I'm really big in crosswords. Mm-hmm. So I love where well, I loved Wordle because of that also. It's like kind For of some simple. reason it's a bedtime thing. Like I need to do it the night when my brain's just starting to slowly shut down. I don't know, but I can't do it right now, but I have to be in the mood, but a minute once a day, at least. <laughs> I couldn't think of a time that I would be able to do it less than right before bed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I always say it's funny because I left a nine to five and, and my working hours, like, you know, a lot of people are like work when you're best. And I'm like, my best is nine to five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, my best is like from nine till two. Actually, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I started to fade like after that. I'm like, I'm, I'm just like sitting here and I'm like, I'm done. I'm good. Oh, I know. I used to sometimes take client calls after dinner and that I can't anymore. And I tell my kids this, you know, why you get sleepy after you eat? Cause all the blood in your brain goes to your stomach to yeah. help digest the food. Yeah. And they're like, Ew, gross. Why are you always trying to like make us sick at the dinner table? <laughs> All these like fun facts. But yeah, I-, I can barely pull a sentence together after supper time. My husband will sometimes like he'll be talking to me at like nine and he'll just look at me and be like, Your your brain just shut off, didn't it? And he goes, yes, it did. Yes, it did. <laughs> yeah, Very I'm like a mute. <laughs> <laughs> Chatty Kathy. Exactly. Like, well, we miss this in the morning, I guess. I guess. So yes. Um, okay. So, I mean, I love everything you're doing. How did you get into working with moms and specifically how did you get into working, um, you know, with mom entrepreneurs? Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's a long story. I I won't go too far back. I know. I don't know if you watch white Lotus, there's this funny scene where he's like, tell me everything. And she's like, well, I was born in San Francisco. He's like, okay, we're not going to go that far back. Okay. So I don't spoil anything for me because we haven't watched season two yet, but the truthfully, that's how my parents, you know, my mom always says that she had to be very careful asking me, like when I got off the bus, um, after like a six week summer camp, you know, how was camp? like because you would literally start with I put my first foot on the bus and she's like oh dear lord I'm in oh that's cute thing. oh I wish my daughter was like that she's like my husband she's Mine like, is. good good 
more details. <laughs> yes. <sighs> so yeah, I won't go that far back, but um, basically when I became a mom, I was blown away about my transformation, you know, as we all are, but I was just really super fascinated by that. Um, even from the moment of conception, I was really intrigued by the cravings, like the foods I was craving and also my repulsions and like clutter drove me crazy, loud noises. Yeah. And I thought, oh my God, this is so cool. So it really heightened my intuition and what my gut was leading me to. So I was like, oh my God, awesome. I have another superpower to add to the list. And I've always craved though, ever since I was little to live out in the country. And I pretty much told my husband that on our second date, just a heads up. I want to move to the big city. I would love to raise my kids on like a hobby farm or something. So luckily he was into it. And so when my daughter was born, we pretty much moved right away um, when she was a year old like eight hours away from any major center to Nelson and even beyond Nelson. This is like um, a hobby farm, 40 minutes away from Nelson. And so I started a blog so that my mom, my parents and my husband's parents could keep tabs on, you know, the kids growing up. And, yeah. um, and I was hyper crafty at this time. Cause this was another thing uh, that was transformed in me becoming a mom. I just become hyper creative. That's another long story. So I was always, I didn't get that stuff. gene when I became a oh. mom. <laughs> my husband always laughs at like, I'll like draw things for, for our kids. And they're like, Oh my God, mommy, you make the best hearts. And he's like, that's supposed to be a heart. But like, they think that it's like, they're almost six. And I'm like, Aww. yeah, but artists to them. Okay. Yeah, of course you are. <laughs> all moms are artists where we create things from nothing yeah. all day long. And yeah. So, and actually that was part of my, um, prenatal exploration. I became pregnant quite intentionally just because long story, but I had some family patterns. I really wanted to kind of like snip, snip and, you know, shine the light on. And my body work included, um, moving the energy, my throat chakra diagnosed by an acupuncturist. So you need to express yourself creatively and it just, that, and I wasn't crafty at all until that homework assignment. And I noticed, Ooh, this is moving energy in me. And yeah. so I kept that practice and it snowballed and he essentially created this hyper crafty monster. So I created my blog, which documented, you know, my craftiness, but also setting up a little permaculture hobby farm. I felt like, you know, that TV show, Green Acres, I felt like yeah. Zsa, Zsa Gabor because it was like out there digging in these like ridiculous outfits, being fabulous, milking cows and making these very like crazy videos that I was just silly, but it was so much fun. Yeah. And then my followers were asking me questions. They're like, how do you find the time to do all this? Cause then it turned into homeschooling my kids, um, making everything from scratch. I was yeah. on this, uh, sustainability challenge, making all of our clothes from scratch, um, eating food only that we'd grown or raised ourselves. And it came down to these principles and I started adding them to my online offers mm -hmm. and 
not to get into a long story, but essentially when I was offering e-courses and such, I felt the greatest fulfillment when I started having like more personal connections with my customers and seeing their own transformation. So I started offering sewing courses and they would send me pictures of themselves wearing these cute little outfits and just that look on their face of pride that they prioritize themselves enough to invest in this course, but then also invest the time to make this perfectly imperfect pair of bloomers or whatever, (laughs) made all these like backwoods outfits that I was like, Ooh, I want to help them do more of that. So that is what got me into coaching moms, um, for them to pursue their own passions and dreams and goals. And when I started coaching moms, a lot of them disclosed to me that, you know what, my, my dream is actually to do what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I want to coach moms too. So I offered a coaching training program for moms and I ran that for seven years, mama bliss coaching school. And it taught moms just the basics of how to help moms prioritize, you know, their own needs. And, um, and then I was like, they go through this program and then I started helping them get clients. And that's when I really started having lots of fun. So today um, I love working with mom coaches who are newer, but I also still help moms who want to learn how to coach moms. So I offer a little bit of both now. I'm going to have to go back to the milking cows part. Oh my God. Yeah. Too bad the video, you can see me. This is the hand motion I use. I am like the best milker. Oh yeah what possessed you to like, to want to leave the big city? Well, I think my mom, she's from Peru. My dad's a pilot. So we went to Peru a lot growing up. I grew up in Montreal. And so my mom was actually raised in a farm on Peru, uh, in Peru, like where she's from, like everybody raises everybody's kids. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's very extended family. And she spent a lot of time on her grandmother's farm. So when we used to go visit, we would like go to see the cows and drink the raw milk and milk. And I just, it was weird, but one of my uh, favorite smells in the world is like horse and cow manure. Yeah. (laughs) It just like triggers this longing for simpler times. So my mom used to always say to me, I got the, I always say you should have been born 100 years ago. You know, this is just like, ache like growing up I had this imaginary best friend who's essentially Laura Ingalls I was just yeah I don't know if it's because I'm really sensitive like of all like our fast-paced lifestyle so the thing is and I always said this I I can either be very big city girl because all through my 20s I pretty much set up camp in a martini bar bar right yeah (laughs) it's like I love dressing up I love that lifestyle but at the same time I could also like be out there on a farm. Like we're not on the farm anymore. And it was very emotional move, but where we live today, it's still not big city. I still, it feels like my nerves are, have gotten more sensitive in a way, but I think, um, a lot of that, um, predisposed tendency of mine has really shaped how I coach because it's like, I think all of us have this baseline where if we can just slow down, take a breath, simplify, um, strengthen our boundaries. So we had that self-awareness of like, you know, this is getting a little like, uh, 
complicated, like the yeah. opposite. <laughs> Simple. So I think for my own uh, self-awareness that yeah. I operate better when things are a little bit mass despacio, like slow down and intentional. Yeah. Um, I just find that it helps with my anxiety levels. <laughs> I think like it's so interesting because whether it's, you know, some people might be listening to this and be like, okay, whoa, that's like a 180 yeah. move from yeah. the same two. But I think that, you know, what I coach women on a lot is like finding their version mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. That right. It doesn't have to be leave the city. It doesn't have to even be, you know, for people who are working in corporate jobs, like leave corporate jobs, but it mm-hmm. has to be, how do you get your own sense of that? slow right because Mm -hmm. we often keep ourselves so busy because you know we like the the underlying nerves that are in all of us it's almost like that like we need to keep the lid on yeah right so we don't have to look at what's all underneath of that how are we like how are we socialized how do we like the life that we're living you know asking all of those questions Mm -hmm. you're busy with faster paces like it's just easier to avoid all of that right but in order to create a life that you love or prevent the burnout that so many of my clients are are looking to prevent, you have to give yourself some element of that, right? Yeah, That's an opportunity for the slowness to be like, okay, what are, you know, what do I need? What intentionally, like, what is the life that I want to be creating instead of just continue, go, go, go? Because that's really the easy way. Yeah. Yeah. We almost slip into this a habit of like, not really second get, this is what we should be doing. Like, um, my, my naturopath calls it scripting. It's just kind of like default into, well, this is what everyone else does. So just, um, it's interesting because there's also that middle path too, right? Like this is something I thought of just yesterday. Um, my, my son, he's 14 and he's not sporty. He likes skiing and mountain biking, like those solo kind of pursuits, and then he expressed a little bit of interest in basketball. I'm like, okay, okay, I can sign you up. And I couldn't get him in. It's it's because I always kind of like feel like I drop some mama balls like in terms of getting my kids into like things. I'm like, oh, join the club. Yeah. I'm like, whoops. Mm-hmm. And um, I said, well, would your school offer basketball again? Because I did at one point, but then COVID happened. Yeah. He's like, yeah, but he goes to um the local Waldorf school here. So it's really tiny. And, um, he's like, yeah, but the only kids who are into it, they're too busy now they, they with after school, tr- um, uh, after school activities. And I'm like, Oh really? And he was saying so, and so every day they have stuff. And my son, I'm like, you should have something. <laughs> like, what do you yeah. want to sign? Tell me I'll sign you up for like instrument. So he's like, you know what? I just like relaxing after school. And I'm kind of like, yeah, that's great. But also it's like finding that middle path. I don't, I want him to have, yeah, not to get too comfortable in that comfort zone. It's still finding that middle road of integrating um, what kind of lights you up, exploring, having that, you know, he is adventurous, et cetera. But it got me thinking about um, being intentional that we're saying. And then uh, what I'd like to do with my clients is, you know, I live up here in Canada, so we're pretty blessed with like very distinct seasons. So I love that because we have that three months. Are we blessed though? Or is it winter (laughs) and it's dark for like six months of the year? Is that a blessing? (laughs) Oh man, I don't know. I grew up 
in Calgary, which is not my idea. I'm in Toronto. So like, Oh, yeah, similar. You lived in the only two places, like Calgary and Montreal, where you can complain that it's cold. And I, oh, because it's just worse. It's true. No. <laughs> well, where I live now, it's like my winter wonderland. There's a ton of snow, but it's warm. It's like oh, today, yeah. it's like two degrees. Oh, my gosh. Amazing. It gets like minus one. And I'm like, oh, it's like chilly out there, right? No, I, I love winter now. Like, it's really speaking to my inner you know that Swedish word or whatever yeah yeah so what I was saying was just um for me it's like okay winter let's just choose like one activity that it's like you know that concept of in breath and out breath like breathing let's get out into the world and then in breath come back into ourselves so finding that predictable predictable kind of rhythm to our days and then just noticing like Ooh, and that's what I was thinking yesterday. I was like, maybe it's a little too much in breath for you these days. Yeah. We need to get you out there a little bit more before you slip into this kind of like, I don't know. It just got me thinking about that. And I'm like, yeah, I, I need to be a little bit more intentional on like seeing how I could get him outside and stretch and grow and um, discover like what he's actually really into. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why, you know, I like, I love that story because when it's only us it's sometimes hard to know right like okay I like relaxing after school but you know do I need more of that or should I be pushing myself in the other direction to try you know and like put myself out there or get more and I think we all do that to a certain degree yeah or sometimes we're like no I'm not in a rut I just really like this thing and then you know when you get an outside perspective you're sometimes it's like no but maybe there is too much of a good thing, right? Maybe you need to try something else. And that's, you know, I just, um, I just had a coaching client actually say to me, she was like, I didn't actually think you could help me at all because I'm super introspective. Like I, I, it's not like I'm a person who doesn't ask my own questions. And then after the, like the first week I was like, oh my God, like I've never thought of all these things before. Right. Cause sometimes we get ourselves into, even when we are used to questioning things or Mm -hmm. having our own perspective or really, you know, going deep into introspective and being curious about ourselves, which, you know, a lot of my clients don't start that way. They sort of just do the scripting that you were talking about. But even for those of us who have that as some sort of a practice, it can be really hard to see our own blind spots. Oh yeah, absolutely. And sometimes just having like the simplest question can like change everything Mm -hmm. or just like even like a borrowed thought to anchor into when we're feeling ourselves kind of like floating away to what that thought pattern is that we just subconsciously like slip into yeah Yeah. so many times it's just like ooh, that was a good question and so simple and And often it's like (laughs) who are you and you're like, oh my God, that was the best question ever. Like, you know, it's like, what do you want? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, it was so funny. Like, um, I, don't, I always talk about my naturopath. I think it's because I, I talk to her a lot. Uh, I, I do like, I get a little anxious with health stuff and she's almost like my counselor slash coach almost sometimes. Yeah. And I always ask her like a physiological type guidance, but it always comes back to something deeper. And just even last week, I asked her, I'm like, well, the dentist says 
my daughter needs to get her wisdom teeth pulled out. When I got my wisdom teeth pulled out, they knocked me out unconscious. But I'm linking like, should she just like get the, you know, general anesthetic, whatever. And she's like, why does she need to get her wisdom teeth out? I'm like, I don't know. Why does she? (laughs) So she's just like, why? I'm like, yeah such a great practice to kind of like question. I know it's not what we're talking about, but to actually just ask those simple questions and like to snap me out of like, we're, this is what people do. I got my wisdom teeth pulled out. Doesn't everybody get like, maybe it's not even necessary, you know? So yeah, just asking and exploring. And then, um, and it's funny because like my father's a dentist. So like, you know, (laughs) so I'm like, yeah, there are, but like, but no, but like, it's such a great practice. I mean, my, my father's a dentist and my husband is a medical malpractice lawyer. So we're very like, (laughs) sorry, I didn't mean to laugh. Wow. Dream team. (laughs) We're we're just loving the dream over here. But so even, you know, but it is, it's even in medical settings. um, You know, we were laughing also, like my son got a, he's two and got a note home from his daycare being like he's going to be moved up into like the older room oh yeah and the reasons why was because like he's his verbal skills are great and he's excellent at advocating for himself but I'm like oh my goodness these are the things that were but but going back to your point like any any like dentist worth their salt should be able to answer that question for you right like should be able to have an answer but it's so often especially especially women, especially the, you know, the, the women that I'm coaching are like, but I can't ask. He might even think to ask. Right. But like, he must know what he's talking about. Yeah. And it's sort of like that attitude that we're just raised with that. Like, well, somebody told me they're the expert. Of course they know. Yeah. Right. Whereas like, would you ever think, or I don't think that, you know, if I give some sort of like advice or an offer or a thought or something to a coaching client, I expect them to ask me a question or be like, actually, no, or, you know, Mm -hmm. that doesn't work for me. Or, you know, one of the best things that like another client had said to me this morning was we were talking about our time together and she was like, you did X, Y, and Z. And then she was like, actually, I want to take that back. You invited me to do Mm. X, Y, and Z. And I was like, yeah, like, it's not just, you know, it's, it's, we have to work ourselves through getting into that practice of not just using the script right whether it's mm-hmm. on like why why does my daughter need her wisdom teeth taken out or should I move my family out to a farm or do I need to make you know like whatever it is for dinner or serve chicken nuggets because someone else told me one and somebody else told me the other right like so yeah it doesn't matter what the decision is in life it's like shifting back into that even creating the space for yourself to ask that question absolutely yeah like owning our power again And also, yeah, just taking a moment and just being really thoughtful about like the, the, the point you made about, should we move our family out to the country? And it got me thinking when the flip happened, um, 10 years ago, and my husband and I had that conversation. It's like, should we move back into town? Like, should we move into town? And we actually spoke around what our values are as a family and it was such a great lead into that conversation I always share like I'll always I'll never forget that conversation because my husband was actually in the tub and I always say and I was just like sitting down talking to him but the truth was I was actually like sitting on the toilet (laughs) just like sitting there he was splashing and I was just like watching him and and I'm like 
what should we do? Right. Cause, yeah. and then we spoke about our values and he actually said, well, one of my chosen values is, um, what was the word? I think something around like sustainability because he was starting to get icked out. Like he's such a tree hugger, this guy. He's like driving to town. Like I was saying, it was like 40 minutes either way. And it just felt as the kids were getting older, we were like swimming lessons. Da, 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 da. It was just like constant driving. I didn't mind because I listened to podcasts. Yeah. Ways. But yeah, that's a lot of driving. And I want to live um, more aligned with my values as like living a pedestrian lifestyle. And I like for the kids to have that and to also, you know, so it was just a great kind of like taking a moment and it comes back to like slowing down a little bit. And I think what happened with the wisdom teeth conversation, I was in such a rush. It's like, okay, okay. All right. Like even today, actually funny enough, my son had a dentist appointment right before our conversation. Yeah. And I was like, okay, my husband's on the ski trip. I'm like, great. Now I get to walk the dogs three times a day on top of empty the dishwasher, everything else. And I'm just like, so I am like dropped him off at the dentist. I got to take my dogs for a walk and call me when he's ready. And then I came back and I deked in, I'm like, can I pay for it? Cause I'm, you know, I got, I have an, um, um, an appointment at nine 30 and she's just like, no, I can't have you pay because I don't know. Anyways, my point being, I, I think to slow down and just take a breath and just taking that pause. And that's something we can do with ourselves with a deliberate check-in, like even yeah. no matter how busy our days are, um, maybe even designing some rituals, like let's just have a cuddle puddle on the couch when the kids come home from school, just five minutes and just like do nothing, no technology. Yeah. And just even by ourselves, I like to lie down before I start making dinner, just like on the bed, slack jawed, my two little wiener dogs, they jump up on me. And I'm just like, okay, just going to take a breath and daydream here for a moment. And just like, yeah, just integrate what's happening and also pausing to consider, oh, what are some of things I can question that I'm like, just kind of moving like autopilot through in my days and how can I And I like that you're saying that because this is one of the things that I say to people is like, it doesn't have to happen in the moment, right? It's always great. It's always great if beforehand or as you're moving through it, you can be like, am I living within my values? Because I, I call it value guided decision-making. Um, it's one of like, you know, my first modules inside my my program. Um, it's really because I think that, you know, we spend too much time trying to troubleshoot things that we don't have to troubleshoot if we're super clear on our values, right? Yeah. I think is we spend a lot of time and I think I like just, you know, share this on another podcast episode, but be, staying very stuck to the what with ever, mm. you know, really like tapping into and spending time with our why, right? And the example that I often give is like, I'm a runner, but also I've had a high risk pregnancy. I've had twins. I've had another pregnancy during COVID with another baby. Like, you know, wow. there are times where that really wasn't accessible to me, right? Yeah. And if I just stay stuck to, I'm a runner when I'm like, you know, eight months pregnant with twins, like that's clearly not feasible, but no. why do I run? Right? Like, what is that yeah. giving me? When you know that it becomes so much easier to say, okay, well, like I can go for a walk today. Yeah. Right? I enjoy, I enjoy running because it's fresh air or it's great for my mental health or it moves my body or it feels really good. Okay. There's other ways I can do that. Right. And so when we tap back into the values, every Mm -hmm. decision becomes so much easier, but you know, like that, 
time that you're, let's say, lying down in your bed might not be the time that you made a decision where it was outside your values. And, you know, you're not, but you can reflect in that moment, right? And have the clarity to be like, you know what, that thing that I did this morning or the thing that I did last week, was that, you know, was that in line with my values, which is number one, like getting clear on what those values are, but it doesn't have to be every decision, right? It doesn't have to be like, let's sit and meditate on that for 15 minutes right now <laughs> in the middle. Let's clear the dentist, yeah. the waiting room so that I can have the space to do. It can also happen <laughs> two weeks later where you're like, hey, you know, I did this thing or I made that decision or I didn't ask why, you know, they were going to do X, Y, and Z, whether it's the wisdom teeth or anything else and reflect on it then. Right. Like in retrospect. And that's great too. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, that's how we get wise. It's like learning from those moments. It's like, okay, next time I'm going to remember just to like take a pause. Mm-hmm. Lately, I've been saying put a pin on it. <laughs> I've been saying that a lot to my kids lately for some reason. <laughs> we'll come back to that. Yeah. Let's just yeah. like ease into this. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. It's, I loved everything that you said there. Um, and that's another thing going back to the season. Like there's a season for everything, even for you, yeah. like when you're eight months pregnant, um, uh, for sure, your pelvic floor and everything else is going to love like that yeah. running, but yeah, this is just a season for now. And then you can always like reassess, tap yeah. into like, you know, what, how can we grow from here? Yeah. But I think when you're super clear on your values and your why, there's so much more flexibility to move with the seasons. Right? Whereas when you're not, when you're not clear on the values, when you're not clear on the why, it's it's really hard to like you you stay so stuck in the like this is what it is and this is how it has to be. Mm-hmm. And like it just, you know, come hell or high water, I'm gonna do this thing that I've said because you don't know, like without the why you're doing it, it's just like, well, I run because I run and that's what I have mm-hmm. to do. Of course I have to, like I'm a runner and that's how I define myself, right? Um, whereas when you can tap back into those values and that why, it just allows for so much more fluidity. Absolutely. Right. I was listening to a podcast um, where James Clear, who wrote Atomic Habits, was talking about it. And one of the things he said, he's like, I try and, I try and, if I don't have time for things, right? If I have a habit that I normally do for like an hour, He's like, I always try and um, shift the scope, not the schedule. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I love that too, right? Like if you can't exercise for an hour, can you do it for five minutes, right? Mm -hmm. Because if that's like, if it's important to you, it's one of your values to move your body. Can you do it for a minute instead of an hour? Can Like it doesn't have to be a, a, you know, movement related thing, but it's so often when we stay stuck to the what, we're like, well, if I can't do it for an hour, I'm not doing Mm -hmm. it. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. That's what um what I offer to to my clients um the concept of bliss chunks like chunks of bliss and it's yeah. that for the next three months choosing like one self care activity you're gonna like devote yourself to and like what you were saying think of a grandiose way that you can celebrate this and then also think if I only had five minutes for instance yeah. um yeah exercise right. If it's going to be exercise, what's that going to look like? For me, it's cross-country skiing right now. So my grandiose could be like a day with the ladies just going on like a day cross-country. But then my little mini bites, like you were saying, and actually I've been doing this pretty consistently these days. Luckily, my kid's school is like a five-minute drive from this really short and sweet 
cross country little. So I've been doing that right before pickup and it's just like, whoo, or yeah. even like you were saying, like, yeah, exercise is just, if I can't even swing that, like, you know, take the dogs for like a little mini walk you know, totally. for, for yeah. sure. But yeah, it adds up. And then you might, you know, surprise yourself and that time expands. It's like, oh, yeah. I actually had more time than I realized and I can yeah. make this work or that was that hit the spot that I can coast and, on that. And so many and said, you know, I work with a lot of like high achieving women. And the, mm. the thing that I that you say to them is like, we spend so much time often, you know, at the, at the start of a marathon, like at the, at the starting point, trying yeah. to figure out how we can take the whole marathon in one step instead yeah. of just taking the first step. Right. Mm. And so you just don't do anything because you're like, oh, yeah. I mean, like, how are you going to take 26 miles in, in a single step? I don't know. Like, we're going to have to like stay, just stay standing there. You know, everyone else has gone and run and you're still just staying standing where you are, or you can take the first step knowing that that's not going to be enough. Mm-hmm. And then you'll have to take a second step. But like either, you know, one gets you going and one, you know, I call it the smallest achievable goal because the perfectionists and the, you know, that I'm working with hate the, like hate tiny things, right? Like (laughs) I hate tiny little goals. I'm like, no, I want to do it all. I'm like, I want to be pregnant in a day. I could probably expedite this to a day. Who needs nine months to grow a human? I could do that (laughs) in one day. Um, and so, you know, that's really where a lot of like my clients find themselves stuck is trying to like spending so much time figuring out and planning for that one massive step. That's totally going to get them over the finish line instead of just taking the small step that doesn't feel very big or grandiose, but will actually get them to where they want to go. Oh yeah. And then your brain's your friend. Cause if you try to take in like the whole picture of reaching your goal, your brain's going to protect you and just shut down. It's just like overwhelm and then getting creative and thinking what could be the first tiny baby step. And, um, the clarity comes with it and you start gaining momentum. It's like, okay. And then you get the dopamine hit of that. Ooh, that felt good. It adds up. Yeah. Those teeny tiny baby steps definitely add up to that marathon accomplished. Yeah. But it's so, it's often so difficult to, to see that as a step. Like that, first you know, I think step, it yeah, never yeah. feels, especially, you know, when you're working with entrepreneurs who are like just starting their business, it's like you do one social media post and you're like, okay, so I started and nothing happened. Like the yeah. sky didn't part and suddenly clients felt came, you know, didn't come raining down from the heavens. And you're like, yeah, you know, that first step for so many people, I mean, myself included, when I started, I was like, there should have been more after this one thing that I did. Oh my God. No, that's so funny. I, um, I don't always, but I often use, and I'm sure everyone else does that. Yeah. Entrepreneurship, especially the coaching journey. It is a marathon. Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, you just have to find something that really lights you up because it's going to test you and it's not going to be like insta success. It's just continuously showing up and it's a game of consistency. So I often use that, um, analogy as well. And you touched on it too, the pregnancy analogy. It's just like, totally. Totally. (laughs) Take a trimester by trimester. Yeah. Because you know, my background is like, I'm a, by training, I'm a dietitian, uh, like a pediatric dietitian. You know what I, what I say to people also is often when, when you've you know, as, as a parent, right. When you say something to your kids, like one more minute of television, 
or, or like yeah. you know, one more, or we're not having a snack now. Right. And you can hold your ground for that first time that you say it. And then they push back and you're like, okay, fine. Just do whatever you want. Yes. Right. Very often it's because you didn't really care. Right? There's times where I'm like, <laughs> I should tell my kids to turn the TV off right now. Yeah. Like, I should be doing that. So that I yeah. say it and they're like, but we want to. And I'm like, oh, well, I don't want to fight you for something. I don't need yes. to out, Right. And that's what happens in entrepreneurship also like very often. And for so many of the women that I'm coaching in so many areas of their life is you're fighting these battles that you have no motivation to fight because yeah. you don't actually care about the yeah. thing that you're saying. And you're like, I don't really care if you watch 15 minutes more of TV, but I feel like some mom in the pickup line is going to judge me if I yeah. let you watch for an hour instead of only like 15 <laughs> minutes. And so I'm telling you to turn the TV off, but I don't actually really care. And then they push back and you're like, well, I had enough energy for the first round of the battle, but like not the second. So, Oh my God. I love that analogy so much. I never heard of that, but that is so bang on. It's like no conviction. Yes, you gotta exactly. have that conviction for sure. Yeah. It's like um when my daughter, I don't know how she was, she was baby younger, and I was weaning her. And I'm like, I'm gonna wean her, I'm gonna wean her. But I didn't have that conviction, and it was so messy and yeah. tears, her tears, my tears. And then finally, I just waited like I think an extra year or something. Yeah. Then I finally had the conviction and it was like nothing. It was like she sensed that, no, I mean yeah. at this time. They pick up on that for sure. And I think that's like the biggest thing for so many, you know, women oh my gosh. going back to the value guided decisions is yeah. like when something is in line with your values, right? Oh, yeah. Like when my kids want to run into the street, I'm like, of course I'm stopping them. That's not a yep. question. They can, they can tantrum and they can cry. I'm like, believe me, my two-year-old wants to try and like run his bike into the street all the time. And we'll like waterworks as though I'm yeah. you know like, like throwing out his like favorite stuffed animal because I'm yeah. trying to stop him to, and, and of course I can feel that can feel difficult, but there's never a point where I'm like, okay, fine. Maybe I'll just let him run it. Like, no, yeah. I'm not going to, right? Yep. The things that we have conviction on, it's always so interesting to see our brains and watch. And, you know, I can hear it when I'm talking to clients also. Like, it's so clear where they have conviction and where they don't because mm -hmm. we do, there isn't, like, so much of that drama of, like, I can't convince myself again. I have to psych myself up to work on my business again or to, like, set that boundary mm -hmm. again with that friend or to take that self-care. Like, you know, whatever it is, when you have the conviction, everything else becomes so much easier. And when you don't, it's near impossible to do the thing. Oh, my God. I love this. I love, love that we're having this conversation because it totally ties into a lot of what I'm talking about lately, too, um, in terms of having working with moms. Mm -hmm. I always say, think of your big why. Yeah. And I have a little rhyme. I have a couple of different versions of it, but essentially what is it that makes you cry and what makes it that makes you sigh? So you can lean on those two questions, like something in the world that moves you to tears, either because of the heartbreak or because it's just so beautiful. It moves you. So you want to like think of um, like in the context of your coaching biz, the reason you chosen this specific niche, like working with moms, working through a particular uh, demographic of them or a particular struggle or a particular yeah. area of expertise. And then like, I love that you said, standing in your conviction, remembering like what it is that drew you to this particular um, area of focus 
And it has to be something that really just rocks you to the core. Cause you're going to need that conviction when you show up and you speak of what it is that you have to offer. Cause even though we did say, you know, it's a marathon run, I don't want to have that like dissuade people from going for it if they want to, yeah. but it gives you a little extra, um, I don't know how, what the analogy would be faster running shoes yeah. <laughs> to get you to the finish line faster, but totally. with more kind of spring in your step. Cause it's like, oh yeah, this is, this is going to get you the momentum. Um, if you are holding that conviction, I love that yeah. word. Mm-hmm. Totally. It's like the difference of like, if you're running a marathon, having never trained before versus like, yeah. you've done, you've done most of the race, right? Like, you mm-hmm. know what it feels like and whether it's, whether it's, you know, entrepreneurship or it's just parenthood. Like, I think that, you know, so much of what we do is just like, keep ourselves stuck in the plans because yeah. we know that we're not ready with that conviction. Right. Mm-hmm. So like the first sign of, you know, it's like, it's like when you really don't want to go somewhere. And you're looking outside and you're like, it kind of looks like it's going to rain. And someone's like, no, it doesn't look like it's going to rain. And you're like, no, I'm pretty sure. Like you're yeah. looking for any reason out of it. Yes. Right? You're like, I actually have a twinge in my cheek. Like yeah. maybe go. a little tickle in my throat. Exactly. Like, maybe next week. Maybe I'll do it. Yes. And you know, that's really like what happens when you don't have that conviction. If there's somewhere that you want to go, if there was like your favorite band playing a concert or yeah. like your kids, like, you know, really wanted to go somewhere, like you'd go out in the pouring rain. I've got yeah. the snowstorm. Right. Yeah. Um, And so like, that's really that conviction, that, that clarity on your values and your why and like what you, all of that, just like, why am I doing this? It's like, that's what really pushes you through like that, you know, mile 13 where you're like, I feel like garbage. I want to stop. And you're willing to keep going because you want to finish the marathon. Yeah. Wow. Can't imagine running a marathon for real. No, I'm but... like, all of these analogies also knowing that I love running. <laughs> and I get it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I always see people being like, my short run today. And it's like my longest run. And I'm like, that's oh. cool that you run marathons. I'm just going to go for a jog. Like, oh around. my God. <laughs> we, we're not runners in the Stoll household. Um, it was so funny because Craig left on a ski trip two days ago and I'm downstairs in my office. And all of a sudden I heard footsteps running upstairs. He forgot something. And I was like, what's that sound? I went running upstairs. I'm like, Edie, is that you? I thought it was a kid or something. And yeah. he's like, no, it was me. I forgot. I've never You're like if someone's seen running, him run. something is wrong. I've never seen him run in my life. I've been married like 20 years. I'm like, man, I wish I had a video of that. Hysterical. Yeah. But I think like really, you know, when it comes down to it, like just defining defining who you are and being like having the ownership and the clarity even to ask the question why, right? Like, I think yeah. if there's one through line from everything, whether it's getting your wisdom teeth out or, you know, starting a <laughs> business, it's just like creating the space for yourself yeah. to be able to ask the question why, like, why am I doing this thing? Right. Yes. Because in order to feel good and empowered about any decision that you're making, you have to have an answer to that question. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Because um, the truth is we can create any reality for ourselves. So how amazing is that? And making that decision, coming to that decision and um, looking at, you know, I call them the bliss crumbs that yeah. lead us to this moment in our life where we have these options available to us. And it's simply making the decision. This yeah. is what I'm striving for. And this is why, like you were saying, and use that to fuel you to, um, and also be, um, open, you know, to, it might look like teeny tiny baby steps. Like I know there's resistance with some people. They just want to like, no, I'm going to go all in, but yeah, it's going to be messy, 
and be okay with that. <laughs> Just yeah. know that it's going to get less and less. So yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been an incredible conversation. I know. So fun. I'm so, uh, yeah, I, I got some, personally, I got some amazing takeaways and uh, thank you for this oh, opportunity. So did I, but if anyone is listening and wants to find out more about your work or how you coach um, moms and mom, mompreneurs, where can they find you? Sure. Um, my website is bliss beyond nap time. All that. Thank you. Thank you. And, um, all the links to my things are there. And my main freebie I offer is called, uh, 50 coaching niches for moms. So it's just a list of 50 niches to get your idea wagon rolling. Um, if you want to work with moms on a coaching capacity And it also includes a free training on homing in on your own niche on who, what you would help moms with. And, um, for a little bit more time, there is also included in that an opportunity for what I call a niche smoothie session with me. It's a 20 minute free call. Um, I call it a smoothie session because it's this analogy on making yourself a smoothie with all your passions, your, um, past trainings, expertise, interests, you throw it into this magical blender and out comes out a potential mom coaching niche for you. Amazing. (laughs) We will link to all of that in the show notes so that everyone can book a call. Awesome. Thanks. Well, Kathy, thank you for joining me. And this has been really, really fun and so enlightening. Thank you, Huva. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Growing Empowered Eaters. Before you go, Remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Leave us a five-star review and take a screenshot and send it to me over on Instagram and my handle at ahuva, A-H-U-V-A-R-D, so that I can say a proper thank you for joining me on this mission to Growing Empowered Eaters.